I'm Lauren Green, and this is the Let's Meet for Coffee podcast. This podcast was created so I could have real, authentic, and encouraging conversations with my special guests and with you. We'll talk about faith, relationships, passions, and purpose. So whether you like coffee or tea, mimosas or matcha, grab your drink and join us. We're going to keep it real, grow together, and have some fun. Welcome to another episode of Let's Meet for Coffee. I'm Lauren and I'm hanging out with Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Hello. Welcome to Let's Meet for Coffee. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Um, Kristen has a business called Freedom from Bullying. Um, So that stems from her own personal experience, right? Yep. So we're going to be diving not only into her business, but into her story. Um, to show where this came from, why she's so passionate about it, um, and how we can help um, young people, you know, teenagers and young adults, um, how to survive and come through on the other side of bullying if they've experienced it. Um, Also, I would like to think how we could do our part, right? Even if we're not Mm -hmm. being bullied, what we can do um, to maybe stand up um, and make a difference. So, Let's just jump right in. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, when did, I guess, you notice this bullying thing kind of kick off for you? Yeah, so my bullying story started in sixth grade, and it lasted all the way through my senior year in high school, so seven years. Uh, it started when two girls created a book about me that had comments about how ugly and fat I was. And then they posted everything from the book online for people to read. Mm. And that's kind of where it started and spiraled from there. Um, Seventh grade, I don't really remember a whole lot about seventh grade, but eighth grade, uh, the bullying started again. Kids would yell in the hallway that I was fat and ugly and sent surveys around to their friends asking if they agreed with that statement. And not only was I bullied in school, but I was also bullied by peers at church. So At that point, I really questioned God and wondered, like, why I was going through this, like, why he was allowing this to happen to me. Because, you know, it's one thing when it happens at school and another thing when the safe place is church and it was happening there. And so um, I became severely depressed and became anorexic because of the bullying. So I went into high school and I was like, okay, the bullying is going to stop. Like, new school, like, this has got to be it. And the bullying continued at my new school. Um, I was bullied by a teacher as she told me she didn't like me because I wasn't a size zero and I wasn't on the cheerleading team. I was bullied by my best friend who told me, Kristen, why are you getting that? You're already fat. I had kids throw gum in my hair and trash at me. Um, I was told, Kristen, if I look like you, I would kill myself. And so it, it just got worse. The bullying, more intense. My eating disorder and depression became more severe. And I began to have thoughts of suicide and self-harm because of the bullying. And so as my parents didn't know at this point of kind of what was happening. And so um, sophomore year, it got worse, my eating disorder. And I told my mom that I wasn't eating. And I went into the hospital for 10 days for my eating disorder. And when I was in the hospital, doctors told my parents that if I didn't get help and transfer out of the high school I was in, in two months when we would normally be shopping for my homecoming dress, my parents would be picking out my funeral outfit. 
And so when I got out of the hospital, my parents suggested I talk with Matt, who was the youth pastor at my church and was recently diagnosed with cancer. And I wanted nothing to do with talking with him. I was like, no, absolutely not. Like, they put me in the car and I was like kicking and screaming the entire time. I was like, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. But I sat down with him and shared my story and just cried the entire time. And I was just like, why me? Like, why am I going through this? Why is God doing this to me? And he looked at me and asked, why him? Why cancer? And so at that moment in my journey, like I knew I wasn't alone in my suffering and like my questioning with God. Mm. And I just felt like not alone in it. So I ended up transferring high schools for the last two years and I walked into that school and I was like, all right, bullying's not going to happen anymore. Like it's going to be so much better. And the bullying continued at my new school and it started after I went on a date with a guy and it was like one of those super awkward high school dates where neither one of us were really talking and it's just really super awkward. And so he reached over on the date and grabbed my chest and made a sexual harassing comment. And I just felt like super uncomfortable and super violated. So I texted one of my friends and I was just like, Hey, like, can you call me telling me like your cat died and you need me to come home? So she called me and he took me home. Well, that next day at school, he told his friends that I left the date early and that's when the bullying started again. I started receiving harassing text messages from unknown numbers telling me what a horrible person I was just because I left the date early. So that night I was babysitting for our family and I received a harassing and sexual harassing text message. And due to what was written in the text message, the police got involved and the two kids who sent the text message were issued a restraining order from me. And I was finally feeling good about like being able to stand up for myself and not letting them affect me anymore. Hmm. until that next day at school because the two kids who sent the message told their friends what happened. And I started receiving harassing text messages, including death threats, just because I stood up for myself. And so I was walking into the bathroom and someone followed me, grabbed me, threw me against the bathroom wall and told me if you ever pick your head up in the hallway or do anything like that again with going to the police that they would kill me. And I immediately went to the school and I was told it's okay that she said and did that to you because she's had a rough upbringing. So the school didn't protect me. Thankfully, I had a teacher who allowed me to just kind of hang out in her classroom when I felt unsafe and just, I was terrified that if I picked my head up or made any form of eye contact with anybody that somebody was going to kill me. So this teacher was just honestly my saving grace during it of like just allowing me to hide out, hang out during passing periods, write me pass for being late to class and things like that. So eventually what seemed like an eternity. I did graduate high school and it's been over 11 years now in remission from my eating disorder and depression and suicidal thoughts from it. So that is a crazy journey. My goodness. And I can't even begin to imagine what a young person would feel like, you know, what, well, why don't you tell us? I mean, I, I know it didn't feel good and you felt Mm -hmm. scared and afraid, but walk us through maybe some thoughts that you had. Um, Let's start at the very beginning. You were in sixth grade Mm -hmm. to receive, you know, that, that book or to see that book of comments about you and it was shared publicly. What were you feeling? Like what was going through your mind? Um, At that, in sixth grade, it was more betrayal because I thought the two girls who did it, we were friends because I've known them since kindergarten So it was more felt of just betrayal from them. And then 
walking more into eighth grade when things really started to get worse. And it wasn't just happening at school. It was happening at church. It was a lot of feeling of unworthy and just Mm. unsure of who I was because I started to perceive people's comments about like how they viewed me. I made that my view on myself. So, so let's talk about, I think the underlying thing here is how do I say this? Like, it's not only your relationship with others, but how you started to view God, you know, like you were Mm -hmm. questioning him and wondering why me, why am I going through this? Why are people being so mean Mm -hmm. to me? Tell me a little bit about um, what that was like when you started to really bring God into the picture and be like, what the heck? Like, why are these people being so mean to me? Yeah, it was a lot of late night of those thoughts of when I was laying in bed, like not wanting to be alive anymore and just wishing that I was dead because that mean would mean the bullying would stop. It was having those thoughts and being like, why is this happening to me? Like if God truly loved me, then I wouldn't be going through this. Or, you know, you sit at church and you hear like, you were made in his image and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And at the time I'm like, okay, but I'm not because kids are telling me like, I'm the exact opposite of what he's saying. So his truth and other people's thoughts, the other people's thoughts outruled the truth at that time in my life. So. Right. Right. So what kind of things, um, how long do you think you kind of went through that battle with God of like, like, yeah, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, whatever. Um, how long was your relationship kind of rocky with God like that? Um, eighth grade to right before my junior year, after I talked with Matt, that's kind of when I realized like I wasn't alone, like, and that it was okay to question God and okay to, to come to him and be like, why is this happening? Like, why am I going through this? And then just to know, like, I wasn't the only one walking tough roads in life that were questioning. Like, I didn't know what it was like to battle cancer and he doesn't know what it's like to be bullied, but just that common understanding of the why me. And I still had those thoughts after, even after I met Matt and transferred high schools because bullying still happened, but it was, it didn't affect me the way that, it previously did. And it allowed me to realize more of like my worth and not listen to other people. And then not even when the school wouldn't protect me, then seeing the people that God placed in my life to help get me through those days. Right. I think um, one thing definitely that I've learned is that it's okay to question God without questioning his character, mm-hmm. like without questioning him, like it's okay to ask God questions, right? Like, God, I don't understand. And it's okay to have those conversations, those real and super raw, super heart wide open kind of conversations mm-hmm. with him without questioning who he is and without questioning, you know, his, like I said, his character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, I've, I've learned for sure, and I'm sure you have too, um, why not me? You know, I, I start to ask, instead of asking why me, like, why not you? What mm-hmm. we're all flawed human beings. Um, and what makes us so special, mm-hmm. right? That we wouldn't go through something like even Jesus endured persecution and betrayal and, um, fake 
people, mm-hmm. you know, people bullying him, you know, right. to a certain extent. So what makes us feel like we're exempt from dealing with the same things here in this flawed world? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about a little bit. Um, it was after you talked with Matt that your mindset started to shift. Um, tell me, I know that it was a shift in your mindset, but I know that healing is a process. Healing is a journey. Um, what were some of those things um, that you did or that you told yourself that kind of got you through the next two years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a lot of reframing my thoughts um, and really reframing the thoughts that people would say to me because in the heart of my eating disorder, I was very unhealthy. And so now I look back and I'm like, okay, Kristen, like looking at like pictures and things like that, you're like, you weren't anything of what those people were saying to you, you know? Um, But in that mindset, like it took a lot of training to like reframe all of those thoughts of like, I was compared to a Chucky doll. And so it was like learning to reframe like, okay, well, I don't look like a Chucky doll or um, somebody compared me like said, Kristen, fat cow, go moo. And so to reframe that of like, I'm not a cow, I'm a human being, you know? So it really took a lot of retraining and a lot of affirmation cards that I hung up to remind myself, like, you are worthy. Like you're not defined by what anybody is saying about you. And it is a healing journey. I mean, going through bullying for seven years is a form of like abuse and trauma. So it was a lot of working through that aspect of it also. When um, when the kids would bully you, would you say anything in return or would you just kind of take it? I would just take it. The only mm-hmm. time I ever stood up for myself was when I got that text message. Then I went to the police and that backfired at me when I started receiving the death threats. But that was my first time ever standing up for myself or saying anything. I just kind of took the comments that people said to me and internalized it and didn't say or do anything. I just let it eat inside of me. Why do you think that was? Why do you think that instead of saying something to them or saying something to an adult, maybe your your parents or a trusted teacher, looking back, why would you um, just maybe take it instead of saying something back? I think I heard it for so much and so often that I just assumed everybody thought that about me because even if like one person was like, oh, you're pretty, I'd be like, well, like 10 other people just told me I'm ugly. So mm-hmm. I really I really took what they said and didn't, didn't want to tell anybody because I figured everybody thought that about me. And I was embarrassed and I was ashamed that, that that's how I was, which looking back now, I'm like, okay, you weren't at all. But in that moment thinking like, that's how I am. That's how I look. Like everybody thinks that there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. I think those high school years, man, they're so, so tough. Um, Everybody is so insecure Mm -hmm. and the enemy definitely uses those things to keep us down. Right. Instead of speaking up and speaking, um, words of life out loud, Mm -hmm. we feel like we have to kind of shut down and not say anything to anybody because nobody gets what I'm going through, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody will understand, nobody can relate, like everybody thinks this about me, so Mm -hmm. it's pretty much pointless if I say anything, right? So I think that 
um, the fact that you went through this is super important. And I think God orchestrated it, right? Because the things that we go through aren't in vain. They're not without purpose. And God used all of that because now you have freedom from bullying, right? And now you speak and you help other young people um, to get through that hard time. Tell me a little bit about your business. Like, what do you do and how do you help these young kids? Yeah, so I hid my story after I graduated high school. Um, outside of my like immediate family, maybe like 10 people knew what I went through and that was it. Last summer, I had the opportunity to share my story for the very first time in front of 25,000 high school students. And in that moment, last summer, yeah, it's like July 2009, or not oh. 2019, I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a year, a year ago, wow. Um, and after I spoke, the amount of kids that just reached out and was like, Thank you for sharing. Like, I know I'm not alone. Like, I realize life is worth living. Like, I know God has a purpose for my story, too. Just like the amount of kids that reached out. I was like, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, mm. this is my story. So I started sharing it more. And then um, recently launched Freedom from Bullying, where I still stand on stages and empower kids who are walking a similar journey I have. But I also coach kids one-on-one -on -one if they're being bullied along with their parents and create programs for churches after I speak to kind of help implement and carry through that message because a lot of times, you know, a speaker comes and speaks and it's super great, but then there's, that's it. There's like nothing else with it. And I really want to bring this message of like freedom, like to continue, like, and it's to let kids know, like you're not alone and your, your worth is not found in what anybody's saying about you. So just kind of helping churches and schools and literally anyone I can to just bring that message to help youth. Can you share a little bit about um, the aftermath? So you go, you speak, um, you share your story, maybe give some tips. What is, what is that, like, um, that system, I guess, that you give them? What are some things, some tools that they can use then and start implementing once you're gone? Yeah. So when I work with kids one-on-one, -on -one, it's a lot of really learning how to reframe those thoughts and kind of work on their mindset with it. Because when you're bullied and you hear so many negative things about yourself and you hear, might hear one positive thing, like that just gets pushed to the side. So really digging deep into like the positive things, like really reframing those negative thoughts to kind of work on that mindset switch. Um, and then it's realizing where your worth comes from because it's not in what anybody says about you. And despite how hard that might be, because the opinions of others truly sometimes outweigh like the actual truth about where our identity comes from. It's really working on that and just kind of creating a culture of kindness where like you accept everybody because after I spoke, it was kind of, um, eye opening the amount of churches that reached out and just said like, we didn't realize bullying was happening in our church and, um, being bullied at church and like being a leader for like high school youth mission trips, like, you know, there's sometimes like the division and even like who goes in what car and it's like, 
we need to bridge that and just like welcome everybody and just kind of work to create this culture where we accept everybody and not judge others just because they don't fall under the standard that we think that they should. Right. I like how you said culture of kindness. I think that that's huge and definitely needed, especially um, now in, you know, the times that we live, people are, are so mean. I mean, I even remember it. This is a, a memory that I forgot about completely. Mm -hmm. um, but recently came to mind. I remember I was maybe in like third or fourth grade. Mm -hmm. Right. And something happened with another one of the girls. We were all friends, right? It was maybe like six or seven of us. We would mm -hmm. all hang out. And then something happened with one of them and she kind of became like the leader, right? So because I I don't even know what happened, like I stood up for myself, I said something mm -hmm. that she didn't like. Um, I remember the next day I was, I went to lunch and I sat down at the table and all the other girls including the one that I had offended, I guess, got up and left. Mm -hmm. And my heart was broken. Like, I don't know what made me think of it recently. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was because I knew <laughs> I was talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> but oh my God, I remember that day like it was yesterday. And my I felt like I cried. I just mm -hmm. sat there and I cried. And I felt like, I felt so unseen. Like, did, did anybody just see what happened? Like, mm -hmm. I'm really left by myself. And these girls, like something that now as an adult probably wouldn't bother me. Okay, you want to get up and leave, whatever. But being a young kid, not knowing those um, emotions, not knowing mm -hmm. how to handle that stuff. Oh my goodness, I was so heartbroken. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're doing is so essential because you can help navigate them, not wait until years later and then mm -hmm. try to heal from it after the fact or figure it out and become whole again. Like you mm -hmm. walk them through the process as they're going through it. And I think mm -hmm. that, that is so, so, so beautiful. Thank um, you. So after high school, mm -hmm. um, when the bullying pretty much subsided, um, tell me a little bit about what you did practically. What are some practical steps that you did that maybe could help someone else um, in healing their heart and gaining back their confidence? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I went away to college and I was bullied by my first roommate, <laughs> but I had like this new armor of a sense in me that I was like, I'm not dealing with this anymore. So like I transferred and I think it's important because like bullying still happens as adults, like in the workforce, yeah. like, and that's what's so sad is like, you're grown adults. So like the healing is forever going to happen for me. Like there's yeah. no like healing and Chris and Decker are just going to be buddies for the rest of our lives. Like, um, but I find a lot of healing in running that has been like my coping mechanism to just kind of help with like all of those emotions and things like that. And I think it's so important that everybody finds there's something that they can do to just kind of release that emotion rather than just like having it built up inside of you, like having a healthy coping mechanism. Um, and then talking to someone, um, I still see a therapist and I don't, I think everybody should talk to somebody. Um, I think there's so much healing in that also. Um, 
Yeah. And then it was just kind of learning like who actually deserves a spot in my life and creating those boundaries and learning those boundaries. Um, Cause you are the sum of the five most people that you spend your time with. And so in my story, like I kept people in my life who bullied me and mm. learning my worth was a, I had to relearn how to set boundaries and really determine who actually deserves a spot in my life. And I think having that realization and just kind of working through all that, because I think we all need to like take a step back and evaluate who's in our life because not everybody deserves a spot, you know, a hundred percent. I love that. Uh, Boundaries are so important. You know, you can forgive somebody, but that doesn't mean that they, are going to be eating at the same table. Like sometimes you just got to keep people at an arm's length away because some people are toxic and you don't Mm -hmm. want them around. (laughs) Yep. So your relationship with God during that time was um, a lot of questioning, a lot of uncertainty, Mm -hmm. um, maybe like feeling like he wasn't near, feeling that he was just checked out, like, mm-hmm. forget about Kristen, you know, I've yeah. got other things to worry about, right? I could imagine yeah. that's what you were feeling. What is your relationship with God like now, now that you've yeah. gone through all of that? So the last two years of high school, my relationship started to get better. Wow. Um, and then I went away to college and two months into college, Matt lost his battle with cancer. And so my world rocked all over again. And I questioned God. I was like, I'm finally getting healthy. Like I'm finally getting back to me. And then you take the one person away who basically saved my life in my darkest moments. Like, why did you do this to me? Kind of a thing. Um, So I spent another two years of not really going to church and really just questioning God all over again. Um, And then I found healing by lacing up my gym shoes and running 4,000 miles across America from California to Maryland for young adults battling cancer. And I ran in Matt's memory. And that's when I started to find healing, not only in myself and like what I went through, but kind of healing in the fact of like, God put Matt in my life for that reason. Like I needed that. And as much and as horrible as it is that he's still not here, like, yeah he did that for a reason and I'm forever grateful for that. So it's been about five years now where my relationship with God has been where it should be (laughs) um, after everything. But I still have my moments of questioning because like I said, like healing is forever something that I'm going to have to go through because of my childhood trauma. Um, But it's a different understanding of now I can help somebody who is, walking a similar journey, like a younger Kristen that I can help. And um, so I still have my moments where I'm like, God, why do I have to keep healing from this? Like I healed from this 10 years ago. Like, why do I still have to keep doing this kind of a thing? But really it's been a good relearning and like rebuilding my relationship with God because of it. I love how you were just like, it's, you know, I still have moments. We all have moments where, you know, we we question and we wonder and we're angry with God, you know, we're frustrated. Um, but I think the beautiful thing is that God is relentless, you know, and he pursues us. 
Um, and I think now, you know, you can see the purpose of what you went through coming full circle, right? Like you said, maybe I could help a younger Kristen or someone that can relate to your story. Um, and I think that, I mean, that's why we have, that's why we share our testimony, right? That's why we share our stories, not for ourselves. It's not for you right. it's to be able to help the other person and give them permission to say, yeah, me too. Like I mm -hmm. went through that. Like my story sounds so similar to that. And I didn't know anybody else went through something like that. Mm -hmm. So um, that's another part of like where that healing comes from, you know, mm -hmm. just the acknowledgement of being seen and someone being able to say like, yeah, I went through that and I had no, I never told anybody ever, you know, and mm -hmm. you might be that first person for them, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's definitely my hope with it. Because I just wonder, like, if somebody would have stood in front of me during that time and like, I was bullied and here I am now, like how much power that would have had in my life. So right. I hear my story and help somebody else and realize like life's worth living. Like you're not defined by what anybody says about you, then it makes it all worth what I went through. Of course. What is maybe a piece of encouragement that you have for someone? This is going to be like a twofold question, right? Mm -hmm. For someone that might be currently going through a bullying state um, and they don't know what to do, they feel unseen, they feel um, like no one understands, what is a piece of encouragement you have for them? And then what is a piece of encouragement that you have or a piece of advice for everyone else? Like, I haven't experienced bullying or I'm not really familiar, but how can I do my part to help those who have been or are being bullied? Yeah, I think if you're walking a similar journey that I have, that there is hope that you can overcome this, that you're not defined by what anybody says about you. And as hard as that might be for you to believe me, and you might be like, okay, Kristen, like, I'm telling you, like, you can overcome this, like, you're not defined. And if you are walking a similar journey, like, I would love to talk with you because I want to help you get to that point of freedom, like I have. And if you haven't been bullying, or if you haven't been bullied, and you want to know what you can do, I there is power in one person, there is, you can save somebody's life who's being bullied by standing up for them by asking how they are and really just taking a genuine interest in how they're doing and not trying to change how they're feeling, but really empower them into you're not alone. Like I think there's so much power in just one person. Like that's all it takes. It takes one person to save your life. It takes one person to change your life. It takes one person to impact your life. Like you can be that one person for someone else. So really right. Be aware of when people are talking to you about what's going on, like really listen and really, really be there for them because that was that person for me. And you can be that, you can be a mat to somebody else and save their life. Wow. That's so deep. I love that. You can be a mat for someone else. I love that. And I think um, the Bible even talks about it, you know, um, that we're supposed to speak up for those that can't speak up for themselves, mm -hmm. that we're supposed to help and take care of those um, that need our help. So um, if you see something happening, definitely um, speak up. And like you said, it's not to try to heal their wounds, right? Like 
the healing comes from God. You like, mm -hmm. I can't heal anyone, mm -hmm. um, but it's something that my friend Emily had told me. It's that it's, um, it's the persistence. It's mm -hmm. the constant, you know, just mm -hmm. being there for them with whatever they need, whatever it might be like a tangible need, you know, mm -hmm. maybe we need to cry together and just mm -hmm. sit. Maybe we just need to go out to eat and I can buy you a meal. Maybe you need rest. What do you need from me in this mm -hmm. moment? It's not um, like I'm trying to fix you or trying to get it a hundred percent, but more like just partnering alongside of one another mm -hmm. and letting them know that, like you said, like they're not alone. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm here with you for whatever you need for however long it takes. Right. I think that's the missing piece. A lot of us get like maybe burnt out or a little mm -hmm. bit frustrated. You know, I'm guilty of that where it's like, come on, get over it. You mm -hmm. know, like it's, it's not that serious. Like you've had time, right? Like you've had time mm -hmm. getting together. Um, but I think for some people, it takes a little bit more patience and just being there for the long term, mm -hmm. just being constant with them and taking it one step at a time. Right. Definitely. And I think too, like if we all stepped into our struggles, like as adults, we don't talk about the things like we struggle with. And, but it definitely as kids, we don't. So like really even to just like living authentically into like what you've been through, because your story can help somebody else. Like there's so much power in being there for somebody who has walked a similar journey that you have, that you can then help them overcome that same mountain. Yeah. That for sure. Definitely. So I want to give you an opportunity to share where people can find you. I know um, you do coaching and you speak at, you know, churches and different youth events. So let um, the people know where they can find you, how they can get in contact with you in case um, they wanted to invite you to speak or to do some kind of workshop for them. Where, what are your, your handles? Yeah, so my website is freedomfrombullying.com. And then uh, Facebook is Freedom From Bullying also. And then Instagram is Kristen underscore Decker. Perfect. So freedomfrombullying.com. And then on Instagram, Kristen underscore Decker. Also on Facebook, right? Freedom From Bullying. Yep. Um, make sure to connect with her. Maybe, um, you know, like we said, let her know that you saw this episode, that you were listening, tuning in that you want to connect, see how um, when we partner up and how we create that culture of kindness, right? Like what an impact we can make mm -hmm. um, in the lives of others. So thank you so much, Kristen, for being so transparent and sharing your story. Thank you so much for just being on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so glad you were able to be on. To everyone who was tuning in, thank you so much. We hope that this blessed you. I hope that... Um, you were able to learn something and connect with Kristen. If you know of someone who might be going through a hard time um, with bullying, feeling less than, um, definitely reach out so that way we can get them the help that they need. So um, until next time, we will talk to you soon. Thank you again and have a great day.